Pulse 95 Live from the International Government Communication Forum. The theme of the International Government Communication Forum is today's resources, tomorrow's wealth, and learning, education, information is an intangible resource that we are kind of a little bit taking it for granted. And we have here Dr. Ger Kraus, who is the Global Director of Education at Kidsania, who knows all about education, information, and this bountiful wealth. Welcome to the International Government Communication Forum and Charger. Thank you so much. I don't know about knows all, but, but I'll do my best, yeah? Well, you do know a lot. You're an expert in this field. Well, your session is titled, How Do Knowledge Technologies Contribute in Shaping the Future? Now, when we think about knowledge technologies, a lot come to mind, but can you name us a few, especially the ones that you want to tackle in your talk or want us in general to cast our eyes on? I think there's an op the answer to that question, incidentally, is it depends. Because the technology we use and what we use it for will only ever be as good as the people who use it, who program it, who coach it. So I wanted to talk today about that really. I wanted to put teachers on a platform. So if we want our children tomorrow's wealth, because our children are today's resources and tomorrow's wealth, if we want our children to fulfill their maximum potential in all sorts of ways, not just in schooling, but in life, then we need to invest in those who teach, in the teaching professions. And the single biggest investment we need to make is not in technology or the renewal of technology, but in people. Because in the end, that's what will drive the quality as well as the morality and the ethics. That's the first thing. The second thing is that will require courage and walking the talk because we will need to change what we're doing now, the definition of insanity no longer applies. You know, the definition of insanity, of course, being that carry on doing what we're doing and expecting different outcomes. If we want different outcomes, we need to think differently and we need to have the courage to do this. And, and this conference here, this event, is for me, is, is vision, but it's a vision that walks the talk. Uh, that's, the, that's the single thing that's impressed me most, because it's very easy to talk it's quite hard to walk that talk. And, and that determination that is so evident from the opening ceremony to, to the end and beyond, no doubt, is, is commendable and admirable. Now, you mentioned teachers, and I recall while I was uh, just doing some research a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I came across a question while looking at the agenda of IGCF, and they asked a question of, should educators, do they need to keep up with every single technological advance that is, I mean, especially now that there's literally something new every single day. Look at chat GPT. It wasn't something a year ago, but this is now something that teachers need to be aware of right now. So to what extent should they be ready and on the go when it comes to technology? And especially like, is that asking too much of them at the same time? I think, as I said earlier, we need to rethink the whole agenda, right? So, so the, the question, uh, sorry, the answer to your question is both yes and no. Of course, teachers need to be able to professionally more than keep up, but be ahead of the game. 
and we as as educators and as governments and as partners need to make that happen and it's it's an ongoing commitment it is not something that says i'll send you on a course for four hours this is an ongoing thing but we also need to rethink the teaching profession teachers are at the moment mostly purveyors of knowledge i believe that we need to include in that teaching profession that teachers should become the project leaders of children's learning so they become the empowerers and the enablers. So the teacher doesn't need to know everything as long as they know somebody who knows something who they can bring in, right? There's a very simple example. If we wanted to familiarize our children with ChatGPT, we need ChatGPT experts, AI experts, maybe from industry to come and talk to the children, project managed by the teachers, because we want the best and we want our children to be exposed to the best all the time. So the, the, the role of the teaching professions will change. Parents are also teachers and need to work in sync with schools to provide the best for children. And we need to be excited about what's ahead. I, I can't wait for this technology to be used in a wonderful way in and outside of classrooms. So, so again, the word that's needed is courage. And courage includes, of course, not being afraid to make mistakes as long as we are able to learn from those, and, and we are. So the role of the teacher will change. The importance of the teacher and the impact of the good teacher will increase. And, and I want to leave you with a thought here. And the thought is this, that as a teacher, just think this through, in 50 years time, someone will mention your name. It's our job that that's a good mention and a positive mention. And that's why we require to support teachers throughout. We want this to work, support the experts and put them on a pedestal. Absolutely, and it makes a lot of sense when you said um, remembering a teacher's name instantly I had a teacher's name pop out but then uh, it, it's a negative thing it's not a very positive uh, um, experience so you're absolutely right it's all about having these positive outcomes or impact on a child or a student's life now speaking about impact before chat GPT one of the biggest changes that happened in the education, um, education technology and education sector in general was the COVID-19 pandemic because it forced everyone to quickly switch into learning at home and distance learning. Now, a lot of governments, uh, well, they kind of forced, or let's say educators were forced to make this change. They had no choice. And some governments and some inst uh, education institutions were successful, others were not. So in your opinion, overall, because again, it's very difficult to say this country did well, this did not do well, but in general, do you see that the implementation was successful? What can we learn from this as well, especially when it comes to emergencies? How can we adapt very quickly? I think the first thing to remember is when we look back, is to, to look back in context. So the pandemic was an educational 999 or 111 call right nobody had expected this nobody had expected the severity the pace the size so i take my hat off to all the schools and all the teachers now who made this happen my daughter's school 
switched. Was it was it perfect? Of course it wasn't perfect. But but if you wish, the education ambulance arrived and looked after the patient. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, next time round, if there is a next time, we need to do better. We need to be better prepared. And that preparedness is not necessarily in the use of the technology per se. But even in countries like the United Kingdom, member of the G7, there were schools where 35 or more percent of children did not have internet access at home. Many children who did have internet access at home were in a situation where they might have to share one laptop between three or four siblings. So before we start patting ourselves on the back too much, we need to actually go back to basics and look at infrastructure. And government and private sector need to do this jointly and government needs to lean on the private sector to do this. So the private sector needs to think in terms of return on involvement rather than return on investment. If we get that right, then we have a real chance to get it better. Now, I'm also disappointed in our reaction to the pandemic, educationally. Because it feels to me sometimes when I look back now and I see what's going on, that there was an immense drive to go back to 2019 and pretend that nothing happened. So if we take that attitude, and I understand emotionally where that comes from, but if we take that attitude, then we're not very good at learning from our experiences. And I ask myself the question, for example, why are older students still in school five days per week? Why have, has nobody said, well, actually for my international baccalaureate and A-level students, 17, 18 year olds, I'm going to do four days per week. One day per week they can work from home with direct access to tutors as surgeries. So they get one-to-ones and they are boosted in all sorts of ways. I, I, I'm concerned that the rush to go back to 2019 uh, is ill thought through. So there is a word of warning with this. This is a very interesting perspective that you pointed out. It's true that emotionally we all want to go back to some good times, but then again, like you said, if we're not learning from them, then what is the point of everything that we went through? And as the education sector, or somebody who is representative of the education sector, realistically speaking, you are kind of talking to three different groups. You are talking to the government, communicating with them, private entities, like you just mentioned, and also students and their guardians in a lot of cases. How do you streamline these com this communication? And how can you, and I know it's very difficult to be to get everybody's objectives and um, just say all right this can be done for you can be done it can be done and have, make it a hundred percent but how can you streamline that um, conversation and get them talking and also give them the time that they need to express themselves i think the answer is really easy i think implementing the answer probably is is less easy currently we have school there's a difference between schooling and education going to school is, is an activity for an X number of years and an X number of days. Being educated starts when you're born and finishes when you pass on. It's a lifelong thing. So that in the first instance, and schooling, good schooling, serves as well to educate ourselves better, to become well-educated people. So, so that's there in the first instance. Then I also need to say that we, um, sorry, that just got, I got completely distracted. Is that okay? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, can you just run the question again? Uh, so the question is, 
how can you streamline the communication yeah. between got it got it so the simplicity of it lies with the child at the moment in our schooling system we don't serve the child we serve the government we serve the league tables we serve the exam boards and we could actually have a discussion about schooling for a long time without mentioning the word child once now that strikes me as perverse so let's imagine that we put the child in the middle yeah and if you envisage a water a pond yeah and the child is where the pebble hits the pond and it creates rings sometimes those rings are many and sometimes they're wider apart because each child each pebble and each impact is different if i stand up in front of the whole of this audience today and ask everybody to picture a child they love in their head and we build from there so we go to government and say this is not about your league tables this is about building scaffolding around children so that they can climb as high as they can and want to go so can we apply the resources to make that happen and government can you help us bring on board the private sector not so that they can market their resources but that they can help us in partnership do good can we tell parents that they can't absolve their responsibility by sending children to fee paying schools that's what i'm paying my fee for no you're not you are still the co-educator so and if we then encounter argument we just keep going back to saying just think again of that child that i asked you to have in your mind that's how simple it is now you create that will and all of a sudden you have an education and a schooling that is no longer about mass production but that is about developing the individual for the benefit of society because there's a very important point here education is schooling and education are also treated as a main contributor to the economy we forget that their main role are to create a better society which includes a well-functioning economy. These are honestly the moment you said, imagine a child, that felt, that really made it very personal. But like you said, we can all make it personal. We need to apply it to as many people as possible. And a, the child or a person, this little person is going to be, is the recent resource and future's wealth. Thank you so much, Professor, for your time and uh, good luck on your talk today and we look forward to seeing you more here in Sharjah. Uh, thank you very much. I would love to be back as soon as possible, inshallah. Thank you so much. <laughs>